Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. This is T. Love, your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am a certified reconnective healing practitioner, sound therapist, and positive psychology practitioner with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Our chat room is open, so feel free to join the discussion that is already happening online. Now, we do keep an eye on the chat room, so if you have a question, go ahead and post it, and we'll do our best to get your question on air. As an alternative, for those of you who are on the go and who isn't tonight, this eve of Thanksgiving, and maybe you can't continue to listen, call us directly by dialing 347-202-0227, and that way you can listen via phone, or please be sure to use your Bluetooth if you're driving about, or if you're making preparations for tomorrow. It's a great way to listen. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. With Audible.com, you can listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. And you can get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. That's audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. As I said, it is the eve of Thanksgiving here in the United States, and it is most appropriate that in preparation for this holiday, we think of all that we are grateful for. And in that gratitude, well, to me, that is where we always find prayer. To quote Master Eichhardt, if the only prayer you ever say in your whole life is thank you, that would suffice. Prayer takes so many different forms. How we pray is as diverse as each being on our planet. What do we say? Do we even need to speak? What of our thoughts? How do you express your prayer? Do you know when you pray? That sounds like an odd question, but sometimes prayer is not necessarily done, you know, in a way that is very formal. It's not done at a specific time or in a special place. It doesn't need to be. How you pray is unique to you. Are you even aware of when and how you pray? And I believe we pray more than we realize. So how do you pray? My guest, Celeste Yokobani, is a minister of walking prayer, ordained by the Center for Sacred Studies in Sonora, California. Her work focuses on guiding and supporting people through transitions by creating a space of awareness, presence, inspiration, all of which integrates body, mind, spirit, and emotions. She maintains a thriving practice in Santa Fe, New Mexico, in which she facilitates healing and wholeness through massage therapy, Qigong, women's breast health, plant essences, the Hawaiian practice of Hopanopano, and the inquiry, How Do You Pray? She also leads How Do You Pray workshops where people share and experience different ways of prayer and connecting to source. And you can learn more about her by visiting her website. She has two of them, so get a pen and write these down. HowDoYouPray.com, as well as CelestialBodyAndSoul.com. Celeste, welcome to Energy Awareness Radio. I want to thank you so much for taking time to join us on the eve of Thanksgiving. I'm sure you're probably very busy. How are you being this evening? Thank you so much, T. I'm very happy to be here, and I think it's perfect that we come together on the eve of Thanksgiving. We have so much to be thankful for. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I thought it was great, you know, and and when I got your book, I thought, oh, wouldn't this be great? Because to me, as I said in the intro, you know, (laughs) prayer is something that is just, it's a daily practice that we do. And every time you say thank you, that is a prayer and it does suffice. And, you know, to read that quote, it, it always, that quote always lingers with me. And your book, How Do You Pray, is a compilation of speak from a variety of contributors. As a matter of fact, many of them have been on this show. George Campanelli, uh, Michael Gelb, 
uh, Cynthia Bricks and uh, William Keepin. Who else? Uh, there were quite a few of them. I was laughing as I went through the books. So I thought, oh, they were on the show. Oh, they were on the show. <laughs> so you're in with a good group of people, <laughs> or I am. <laughs> but what was what was it that made you decide to take on such a huge project? Because this really was a big undertaking, at least to me it seemed to be. It was, yet I there was no way I couldn't do it. I said yes. As soon as I had this vision, back in 2008, I woke up with a unifying vision where I saw people of all religions and faith traditions in prayer and praise to the one source of life that unites us all. And as I felt this unifying uh, vision and the source of all of our uh, traditions and religions and spiritual practices, I heard the words, how do you dance in ecstasy, bear your soul to the divine, cry out for guidance, bow in gratitude, merge with nature? How do you pray? And I saw the beauty of these religions, the Christians in their practices and the Sufis whirling and the, the mind of Buddha and the heart of Christ and all of the indigenous people who danced on the earth and all of these beautiful expressions of our oneness. Uh, I was so moved by this vision and by this inquiry, by these words, these simple words, how do you pray, that they really changed the course of my life. My husband and I started to host prayer shares where people came together and uh, shared their tradition and led a practice, and they were all so beautiful. And at some point, I knew that a book would really nourish us. A book of our teachers and spiritual guides would nourish all of us who are really hungry for connection. So that's when I started. I had been already collecting prayers from people and asking this question to everyone that I met. But uh, at some point, I realized that our spiritual teachers would really be something that would um, inspire us all. You know, it, it really is a fascinating project because when I said, you know, how do you pray as a compilation of speak, I really meant that because we're all taught, you know, when we, whatever religion we are, I was brought up Catholic, so the Our Father, the Hail Mary, the Hail Mary, but what happens is they just become rote and you say them, but you don't speak them or mean them or feel them. And so although they're considered prayers, if you're not saying them right, they're really not a prayer. They're just words that you're speaking. And I love the fact that your book does speak to that. It does show that, you know, everybody has a different way of, of praying. Everybody has a, a totally different way of praying and what, what prayer means to them. And there's one in particular that I'll read at the end of the show, if I might, um, that I really thought was a great prayer because it struck me that, oh, I do a very similar thing here, and I really liked it. And I just 
to come up with all of these and, and to, to find all these people, however did you do that to go to these people and, you know, I mean, did you interview them all? Did you, I, I, that had to take forever to complete that task. Well, I, in linear time, I, it took about six years from the original vision. Um, and I had been collecting prayers from people all over the world, maybe the last couple, three, uh, three, four years, I started reaching out to people who I considered teachers, mentors, guides, and who really inspired me in my life. And I sent them an email invitation asking them to be part of this book and larger vision. I knew this book would would touch the world, which which it is. People, I'm getting lots of responses from people recently, a beautiful letter from a woman in Israel telling me how in a time of uh, war in her country that this book has renewed her hope and really inspired her. So I know this vision is um, alive and is is big. And people that I asked, felt it too, and they wrote back yes, and in their busy lives, they, um, you know, they wrote something for the book, and they shared so deeply and beautifully how they prayed. In the invitation, I also said that if they would prefer, we could do a phone interview, so I got to have interviews with about 12 people and record them over the phone, and um, and it, it was wonderful. Uh, we've built relationships, and um, I, I'm just thrilled that so many people said yes. Actually, I kept on going after the 129. I said, oh, I said to my publisher, oh, I want to ask one more. And finally, he <laughs> said, you maxed page count. That's it. <laughs> so I had to stop for now. <laughs> Well, you know, it's no wonder that they said yes, because what an honor it is to be invited to be a participant in such a project that you just know, you just know going into it is going to make a huge impact. There is no doubt that this book will do that. The fact that we have a vast array of people with different religious beliefs from all walks of life, that's easy enough to see when you read who the contributors are, but with that, there is this common thread among all of them, regardless of faith. And that common thread is prayer and what it means to each of them. And I found that interesting because it doesn't matter what any of us call the God of our understanding. We're all pretty much believing in the same thing. At least that's my determination. You know, we won't find out until we pass on, but I'm pretty sure that we're all referring to the same thing. And it just struck me that, you know, with that, this book, getting it, in enough people's hands, maybe it will just strike a chord with people to shift things. I think this is a shift-changing book. Do you do you feel that? I mean, did that is that your intent? That was the vision. That's what I felt when I woke up to this feeling that, wow, we are all one. And I knew that. I thought that. But somehow... I felt it so deeply, and I saw it, that we are one people, and as you say, T, with one spirit, with so many beautiful names. And Mm -hmm. if you noticed in the book, there are two 
atheists, and their pieces are as prayerful as anyone's. I mean, they are praying in their Mm -hmm. own beautiful way. You know, call it nature, humanity. I think we all would like to be better people and contribute something to society, to be there for each other. There are common threads. One very big common thread was thank you. Mm -hmm. Lots of people shared gratitude, and often that was the very first prayer. Like we all have so much to be thankful for. No matter what is going on in our lives, I've had, I, I find this in my practice, people will come in and say, well, I really don't have a whole lot to be thankful for. And I'll say, well, you got here, you're talking, you're walking. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm just saying, you know, there's there's a couple of things right there and, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, some people, and my mother you know, who is a contributor. Can, yeah, and, you know, and it's, some people just don't, some people don't wake up. You know, they are not. They didn't get another day. You did. The fact that you're standing in my office and waiting for your session means you got another day. God bless. You know, right then and yeah. there. And that kind of puts people at, oh, yeah, okay, if, you, if you're talking about everything, I am. <laughs> it just kind of yeah, goes without and, saying, but I guess I have to say it. <laughs> right, and that's what my mother said in her contribution, too. She said, at 93 years old, Every morning when she opens her eyes, she is so grateful to be alive on another day on this beautiful, mysterious planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, it is amazing. So, there are, you know, that is the greatest prayer, I think, because within the gratitude, there is always prayer. Whenever you're grateful, there is always prayer. And that's why I said in the introduction, sometimes people just don't even realize that they're saying a prayer because they're thinking, well, I have to go to a church, a synagogue, a temple, you know, someplace like that, God's home. I have news for you. God's home is everywhere. We're in God's home. <laughs> you know, we don't have to build a building to, to state that this is where he lives because he's all over. And I feel him in my life all the time, him, her, whatever. The God of my understanding is, is always has my back. So I know that you know, with that, you don't have to make a formal practice of going somewhere. Sometimes it's nice to do that. I also know that when you do walk into, especially in in Europe, when you walk into the cathedrals, the energy is so very different. It's a very sacred space because that's where people go to pray. But there are sacred spaces within our own homes. There are sacred spaces within the, the earth itself. I, I built a labyrinth, and that is a very sacred space. And people come here, and they know it. They know it like nothing else they walk in and they think they're going to be fine they walk out crying that was prayer for them and they didn't realize it so it's fascinating to to read all these different things because yes even the atheists are praying they just don't know it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i um the churches are incredible and the temples and all of these houses of worship they are really intensified by prayer. Mm-hmm. And I am feeling this prayer field now very strongly, this energetic field. And it is wherever we are because we are the temples and we are praying and our prayers connect with all the other prayers and form this energetic structure just like these beautiful churches. 
and mosques, synagogues, temples. Our prayer field is amplified with the prayers that we say, think, feel, embody, and all the prayers ever said and embodied. They merge and they join in this energetic template that translates to the physical. So I feel that there are these age, these ancient uh, technologies, these prayer technologies that have been in place for thousands and thousands of years, and we step into them with our different chants and prayers and um, rituals, and they are amplified. So we become the temple, and we are filled with this energy, and we connect to each other in that, in what I'm feeling as this prayer field. And I love that word, prayer field. You know, I mean, everything is energy. We know that. We talk about this all the time here on Energy Awareness Radio. And everything is energy, and energy has a field. There's an energetic field to everything. And when you mentioned prayer field, I thought, oh, I love this word, because it doesn't matter where you are. You can contribute to it just by living in a prayer field. You can live a life in a prayer field, because if you always say thank you during the day, you know, when, when you're going through and, and you mean it, you're right there in the prayer field and your vibration will be higher and everybody else's around you will get higher because of the fact that you are in this level of gratitude that is prayer. So I loved, did you coin that phrase? I love it. Well, it was interesting because um, it came to me, but it is mentioned a few times in the book in different ways. People talk about a field of prayer or a prayer field or so uh, people are feeling it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just didn't know if you had. The other word that you came up with uh, or, or the other thing that you spoke of was interspirituality, which I, I love that too. That's a great word. You know, and when it comes to prayer, it speaks so well to that because, well, to me, it just interspirituality is in, all-inclusive, all-encompassing. Why don't you explain what you mean by interspirituality, though? Well, what I felt when we were having these prayer shares and people came to um, lead us in a, a prayer, in a ritual, we had um, a Tibetan Lama come and do a chud ceremony, severing attachments to the ego. We had a Sufi teacher where we whirled and did zikr. We had... Um, Uh, kirtan, um, Hindu chanting, and many, many others. And we realized that we loved them and felt at home in all of these traditions, that we can walk into this sacred space and participate full-heartedly, 100%. And we didn't have to join a religion or, or sign up for anything or do it exclusively, that we could be in all of these. And it was such a gift and such a relief. And I'm hearing about, um, about people that were around like Ramakrishna, a Hindu sage back in the 1800s, who was Hindu, yet he was initiated to Islam 
and he accepted Christianity. And after him was Swami Vivekananda. And there was uh, Bede Griffiths, a Catholic, who was a Catholic. He called himself Catholic and universal, that he was um, a Benedictine monk in England and in um, the 1954 moved to India. And he started his monastery there, which was very much an ashram as well because he fell in love with Hinduism. So it seems like it's a very new thing that's emerging but I see that it has roots far back. These incredible mystics and sages were realizing our universality. And I feel that how do you pray? This vision and this book is fulfilling something, a vision from back then as well, that we can be in more than one spiritual practice and so many people are now there are ordained ministers like myself there are priests there are rabbis who are ordained in more than one faith tradition and we get to share and celebrate and um, connect with so many people on so many beautiful levels and in so many beautiful ceremonies and we have compassion for each other of different traditions, and those boundaries melt, and the veils get thinner and thinner between us. I agree, and I think that people were looking for, hungry for, maybe even starving for something outside of the formal religions that they were brought up in, and they're looking for something that's more caring and kind and compassionate and not so rigid and it's my way or the highway. Uh, you know, it, 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 each religion has its own belief systems and its own roots. But when you look at it, you see the roots connect. They all go back to the same place. And it's just a matter of how they came into being. You know, we're coming into the holiday season. And in decorating my home for Christmas, I I, um, I put up a... I, tree that's a people call it the jewish tree i call it a hanukkah bush <laughs> it's like yeah okay it's got menorahs on it and dreidels and stuff and people will say gee why do you do that why do you have menorahs in the house it's like you know jesus was a jew he was the first convert to christianity and everybody starts laughing and i'm saying seriously you know it doesn't he understood it didn't matter what you believed as long as you understood the compassion the kindness the caring the gratitude all of the things that make everyone complete and peaceful and allow us to know that we connect. I see your book as opening the hearts of many people. It, it provides to me, it provides us the insight to see the sameness in ourselves, in our being and in our prayer and in how we live and treat each other. So it's kind of a testament to how the common thread of our souls uh, keep us each as part of the whole, but also allow us to maintain our individuality you know, that's unique to our own being human or our own humanness. I think that it, it sheds light on how we are all really the same but different and that we're connected. And maybe this is a piece that because so many people right now are going toward finding something outside of the formal 
religions, and even the new pope, he's really opening them up to to new things, and he's very, you know, allowing things to occur that weren't before. And and, he, and he's saying you have to be a little bit forgiving and and you know a little bit more open to receive. And spirituality kind of does that. And I see your book is showing people it doesn't matter where you come from, we all have the same everything. I mean, you can resonate with anybody's story because somewhere their story is very similar to your story. When you were writing this book, did you find it, because I I thought of this as I was going through, did you find this to be a very cathartic exercise for you? Oh, I did. Because I, well, that inquiry, I mean, this, um, this vision that I had woke me up to something so great, which you mentioned, T, you said, do you even know when you're praying? Mm-hmm. And that was a great realization because I heard these words, how do you pray? And for the next days, and it continues, but for the next days, I noticed that um, I work in the healing arts. So I got to my mm-hmm. office and I laid my hands on someone and I realized this is a great prayer to be Mm -hmm. in communion with someone this way, to touch their body in this healing modality, was touching their soul. And we were Mm -hmm. in this communion together. It was so, you know, so much a prayer. And I realized as I breathed in this life force, this gift of life with every breath, that this was a great prayer as I inspired, as I took spirit in. And I breathed out, and I did feel a sense of gratitude. And with my husband in in our beautiful relationship, in living our life, you know, making dinner together, sharing our day, saying goodnight, waking up together. Everything was such an amazing prayer. You know, the prayer of relationship, being with someone in this intimate, beautiful way, was being with God. Our humanity is our divinity. So I realized that everything became a prayer listening Mm -hmm. to a friend in need, being there, and being available and open. I think we answer each other's prayers if if we show up that way because we are there for each other, and um, we give the gift to each other of friendship and caring. And so I became aware, and I think this awareness is what makes it a prayer, what makes a difference between going through life asleep and realizing the gift of life, this awareness, what I call prayerness, it is the prayer. It absolutely is. I mean, every day, everything that we do and say is a prayer. Now, sometimes that prayer may not be as positive. It's still a prayer because if you're really into it, if you're engaged in it, if you're really in that moment, in that presence, in that awareness, it is all a prayer. So you really need to watch your thoughts and make sure that the prayer that you're in is positive because you don't want it to go out any other way. But I find that 
I think that people don't understand that, but I think your book sheds a lot of light on that. Because as I read through, I was smiling to myself saying, oh, yeah, and uh, like you, I'm in the healing arts. So when someone comes in and I'm doing reconnective healing, the first thing I do is say thank you for allowing me to be a conduit for this. And then I proceed, and I know I'm in a sacred space when I'm working on these people. And just being in that sacred space, whatever that sacred space is, whatever you're doing, you could be writing music, you could be doing tax accounting. If that's what your job is on this planet, you're in your prayer mode. But I don't think people get that. But this book, I think, will hopefully open people up to understand that. At least, you know, I I think it will. I don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm hoping it will. I think so. And I'm getting lots um, lots of feedback and lots of support. And I also am very happy to hear that people are coming together in groups. I was um, in Ashland, Oregon at a Unity Church, and I spoke there. And they um, are now forming circles of eight, where eight people get together and they're reading the book and um, and sharing the prayers and um and being with it in a contemplative way, looking at it in these different ways of prayer and and being with it and and see how they are moved by this. And I heard some other people that are um, getting together in groups. And I love this because before we really even had religions, we lived in community and we were in communion with each other and we had these rituals and ceremonies that were part of life they weren't separate um, prayers or church services they were part of life part of um, of everything being in a constant dialogue with creation and being in balance with the rhythms of nature and receiving guidance from spirit and the unseen forces of the universe. And being together with people like that, sharing life, sharing um, food together, and sharing our fears and joys and sorrows and, and all of it. This is so beautiful. And as we get so busy and so... Um, um, hooked up in our technology, we often don't come together this way. So I am very happy to hear that people are coming together in these ways of um, exploring, exploring prayer and the prayer field and and everything that we're talking about. Yeah, they're trying to find something that will really connect them with other people because although technology is a wonderful thing, it is a very disconnecting thing. And people get so involved in that that they're not involved in themselves, their family, their relationships, even their jobs. They're just doing instead of being. And there's a huge difference in that. We are speaking with Celeste Yacoboni, author of How Do You Pray? You can learn all about Celeste by visiting one of her two websites. The first one is howdoyoupray.com. So go ahead and write that one down. You can check it out after the show. And the second one is Celestial Body and Soul, C-E-L-E-S-T-I-A-L, bodyandsoul.com. So go ahead and check those out. 
Energy Awareness Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles that you can choose from, and many of which have been discussed on this show, including The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, The Courage to Be Free by Guy Finley, A Message of Hope from the Angels by Lorna Byrne, and of course, Dr. Bernie Siegel, who has been here numerous times. All you have to do when you go to audibletrial.com is search for his name and you'll see a number of his books on audible.com there are so many books available from so many different authors and the best part is you can listen to audiobooks on any device including whatever you're hearing us on right now and if you sign up at our url which is audibletrial.com slash energy awareness you'll get one free audiobook along with a one month trial of service so write that down, audibletrial.com slash energyawareness to find the books of interest to you. And we really do appreciate all of our listeners and we're so grateful for your support. So remember, the site is audibletrial.com slash energyawareness and see what you can find and learn as you check through and see what is offered there. You know, Celeste, it struck me um, as I went through that there were a lot of different things that people, when they're reading this, can actually use this as a book that you can read through once and then use it almost to try to find something to help you through whatever situation you're in because there are so many different types of prayers. So it could be a guidebook, if you will, or a a daily meditation book or something to just help them through some of the challenging times. Was that something that you thought would occur with this book? Well, as the uh, responses came in, I realized right away that it would be that way because it was already that way for me. I was Mm. receiving guidance with these um, emails and responses that I was receiving. You know, when something came up for me, I had these words of wisdom to, um, to turn to. And now people are opening the book randomly, using it like, I don't know, an oracle or... Mm-hmm. Just opening the book and finding, oh, just what I needed for today. Or, yes, that sheds some light on what I'm going through. I do that. And, um, of course, I've read the book through many times, but I love to open it and see what's there, what speaks to me that day. I see a lot of people um, in the book uh, dedicate, you mentioned Michael Gelb. Michael mm-hmm. started his piece out by saying that he dedicates the day to the divine Mm -hmm. and tom zender says how would you have me see this day be this day and do this day please give this to me with clarity with the power to carry it out and with some signs along the way that i am on your path so be it so it is and amen. So people are asking that they be used in this day to the best that they can for the good of all people. And so I think anywhere you open this book, you're going to find something that is going to help you and also be a resource um, one woman came to a uh, book event, and then she emailed me the next day, and she said, oh, thank you so much, because what I learned last night was exactly what my friend 
needed to hear today in her very mm-hmm. troubled time of need. So she had the words right there and the resources to help her friend. Funny how that works, huh? <laughs> yes. You know, it's funny because as I was reading the book, I, it was that common thread too. And I thought everybody is saying the same thing because when I speak to the God of my understanding, I speak like I speak to everyone else. I don't say, you know, oh dear, holy one and divine. You know, I don't do that because I figure that's not who I am. And, you know, they know me. <laughs> <laughs> and they, you know, this is not how she speaks. So you know, so when I wake up in the morning, I will just say, "Oh wow, okay, thanks for another day." So how are you doing? You know, what do you want me to do for you today? Let me know. Let me know how I can serve you best because you know, that's what I'm here for. And actually, how's your day going? Does anybody ever ask you that? And I ask that every day, and I, I never really get an answer, you know, except I know that my days go better, and I think, well, he must be doing pretty well if you know. God of my understanding is allowing me to have the days that I have and be who I am and do what I'm doing in a way that makes me happy and hopefully makes others happy because, you know, if I wasn't asking, maybe I wouldn't get any kind of response, you know, but I just figure, ask the questions and ask, how, what do you want me to do? Let me know what it is and, and I'll take care of it for you. You know, how can I help you out? And that's kind of how I start my day. And when I read through these, I was laughing because I thought everybody's doing the same thing. <laughs> They're just doing it in a different way. There are so many common threads, you know, just mm-hmm. so many. It, it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's such a relief to think about people who – you know, might be like the other or so different or, and when you read like, oh, we're all human beings. We all have the same needs and loves and families and, you know, cares. And and so we usually speak in the same language, the language of the heart, whatever mm-hmm. our, um, you know, our, language of um, uh, tradition is we're all speaking in a deeper similar language and if there are some um, prayers in the book that aren't so familiar this is such a great opportunity to revisit them and to say hmm you know I wouldn't have maybe thought of doing that but you know, I, I kind of get it, or I don't, but at least you mm-hmm. get to see how other people feel and how other people do it. I, like you, um, I was brought up Catholic. And at some point, I was about 14, I walked away from that church. I wanted to explore mm-hmm. other religions, and it seemed that God was just too big for this one religion. So I kind of turned my back on it and explored every other religion I could find, and I didn't even use the word God anymore. I tried on every other name that I could possibly call the unnameable, and it really wasn't until putting this book together and having a phone conversation with Rabbi Zalman Shachter Shalomi that Mm -hmm. I had a realization and a reunion with, um, with the roots of my Catholic upbringing. He reminded me, he said, you know, don't 
um, throw those saints and angels and guides of your youth out with this institution you walked out of. He said, they are there for you and they'll always be there for you. And I had such an epiphany when I realized my love for the Blessed Mother and my love for Jesus was only transferred to other names, but it was Mm -hmm. all the same. And I re-welcomed them and reunited with them. And shortly after, I was in a challenging spot, and what came out of my mouth? Hail Marys. Mm. (laughs) I just Mm -hmm. started reciting Hail Marys because somewhere that door was opened up, and I was able to recite that beautiful prayer that I remembered, and it came out in a way that had great meaning. But it came out in a a form of prayer rather than just words that we spoke because I, like you, I did the exact same thing. It's like I'm listening to me talk. When I was 13, (laughs) I was confirmed, and right after that it was like, I'm done with this. And I thought, okay, I've been confirmed, and and it was forced upon you because you had to do it. It wasn't like you were really saying – it meant nothing to me. It was like, yeah, okay, you're making me go get another name, fine, I'll do it. But it didn't, it wasn't really a confirmation. And so I walked away, but I knew, I always knew, these angels and saints, and everything, they're not just in the Catholic Church, they're all over the place. They're, just, they're there for every one of us. And I'm not going to be tied to this Catholic religion that does this, these specific things that you have to do when that's not God's law, that's man-made. So that really bothered me. I was always kind of a rebel. And, uh, and then it hit me when I was getting married, and I was marrying someone with the last name Love. And I remember walking down the aisle thinking, how am I going to live up to this? And then I thought, oh, my God, this is what we all are. We're all love. That's exactly what we are. We just we, we need to understand it better. And I remember thinking that and, and wondering, you know, how crazy is this, you know? But then as I pray in the morning and I do my little talk, it was good to read your book and know that, okay, see, I'm not crazy. Other people do this too. <laughs> mm-hmm. I liked that best because it was like, oh, okay, they might be saying it in a nicer way. And I'm just saying, you know, hey, how are you doing today? What do you want me to do for you? You know, and going about my, my day and, and keeping that, you know, figuring out how to serve thing, trying to keep it at the forefront of my mind where other people might actually be more formally doing it. But it was nice to know that we all have this common thread and there was so much there in studying all the other religions and seeing, it always came back to the same thing. Every time I I read something, I'd think, okay, well, they call God Allah. They call God Abraham. They call God Ra. They call God Muhammad. It's all the same thing. Why doesn't anybody see that they're all talking about the same thing? How come this isn't well known? And that always bothered me that it's my religion, my religion, my religion. It's like, do you all get that it's the same thing? But I don't think that that's out there as much. But I think your book is going to help with that just in the way that the prayers are done. To me, this is like a a pivotal book. Yeah, oh, I'm so glad. And I think so, too. And I think you could even be a better religious practitioner, knowing Mm -hmm. your religion and having it by choice because, you know, these other religions are beautiful and speaking your language as well, but you choose your religion because you were either brought up that way or because you resonate with it and you choose it. So you're even going to be a better religious practitioner 
And I, in the book, of course, I'm not saying to give up your religion. Just no, no. To open your heart to see if there's any little doors that are closed to open them up. And well, to feel and our she- oneness. Yes, and, and, and truly, in each religion, each religion that I read about talked about how you have to really have a, a grateful heart and an open heart and, and not be uh, you know, judgmental of other people, and yet, there they go with, mine is the right religion. Okay, well, doesn't that kind of, it's a little oxymoronic, you know? <laughs> it kind of like, you know, cancels the other thing out, you know? So that's what, what kind of gets me. It's like you're all teaching the same thing, and yet you're not really following it all the way i can't see it so i don't want to belong to this religion i don't want to belong to this religion and i had a friend who uh, she used to say to me well i take a piece from here and a piece from there and i said to her these are, it's not like it's a cafeteria plan like insurance you can't do that you have to buy into the religion fully or not and she's like oh i don't want to do that and i said then just do the spiritual route you know it works a whole lot yeah better. that's the um, inter-spiritual route the inter-spiritual right. route right then you can then you can do the cafeteria plan <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't yeah. believe we're almost at the top of the hour, Celeste. I want to thank you so much for joining us here on Energy Awareness Radio. Before we go, though, I would really love it if you would tell our listeners how they may learn more about you and your work and where they may purchase your book, How Do You Pray? Okay. Do I have time to read a very short prayer from Roshi Joan Halifax? Yes, it's you do. It's a food prayer, and I think it will be great since Thanksgiving is tomorrow. And Roshi Joan Joan Halifax says, at Upaya Zen Center, we feed many people, and some of what we offer our students and guests is food from our land. Before every meal, we make a food offering. This is a way of expressing our gratitude for the food before us, as well as to vow to return this gift by serving the world. The prayer is thus. Earth, water, fire, air, and space combined to make this food. Numberless beings gave their lives and labors that we may eat. May we be nourished that we may nourish life. That's beautiful. Yes. I'm so going to I'm... get. Go ahead. I, I would like to read one that you will recognize. Well, you're going to recognize no matter what I read on your book. But I went through this book, and I, and, and I, I put little post-its on different pages. And I said, okay, this is the one that I want to read on air. And then I thought, oh, I've got to find out who this is by so that I can give the person credit. And then when I looked at it, I started laughing, and I thought, this is amazing. And, but here it is. You will recognize it immediately. As I awaken each morning, I am surprised and happy because I am still here after 92 years. I talk to God, or sometimes to Mother Nature, or to Creator of all things. It's all the same to me, but mostly to God because way back then, it was only God. I give thanks for another day on this beautiful and mysterious planet. My first prayer is for my children and grandson. Thank you, God, for their very good health, and may they always have love, compassion, and laughter. Throughout the day, I give thanks for many, many things as they happen. I ask for help as I hear a crying, hurting dog. As I hear and see threats of an oncoming storm, as I hear of a sick neighbor, and as I drive by a curled-up man lying in the street, my day is filled with prayers. Each night, I sit on my bed and give thanks for the past day. 
I ask for these people killing wars to end and for the military to return home to loved ones, and I pray they can live a good, healthy life, regardless of the horrible memories of war. And please, God, may we not have future wars. I pray at this time especially, may our politicians be more worthy of the titles and positions they hold. I feel each contributor to this book is a link in the chain of world love, a chain with no end. Many thanks, and always, my unconditional love. And that just happens to be written by Millie Yacobani, who I'm going to presume is your mom. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, I am so I, touched. I have a tear in my eye. I read this, and I thought, see, this is what I'm trying to say. Every day, every minute's a prayer. You can have a prayer every day. And I, and I read it, and I thought, this is a good one. And I put a sticky on it. And then I kept going. And then I went back, and today I said, now, who is this? And I thought, oh, my gosh, she's going to... He's going to think I picked this on purpose, and I did not. <laughs> like, I picked it on purpose because of what it was, but not because it was your mom. I just really thought, see, this is what I do. I wake up and say, hey, thanks for everything. Let's get going here. And then each thank you is another prayer. So kudos to your mom, and kudos for you to put her in your book. I think that's wonderful. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. She taught me how to pray when I was very, very young. She said that I could pray anywhere, that I could pray in a church or anywhere. Yep. Oh, my goodness. So, Celeste, let's see. Your websites, did I get them right? Howdoyoupray.com and Celestial, Celestial Soul, no. Celestialbodyandsoul.com. That's great. And if you go, correct? Yeah, if you go to the How Do You Pray website, there are links there to Amazon, IndieBound, Barnes and Noble, and um, you could probably get it at your local bookstore. If they don't have it, ask them to order it. They will do that. I know that for a fact because I go to my local bookstore and get things all the time, so that is something to do. Uh, So listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do, to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life that we are meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. This book, How Do You Pray? Great book for the gift giving season doesn't matter what the holiday is doesn't matter what religion you are this is a great book to get for the holiday season so go check it out again celeste thank you so much i am very appreciative that you're sharing time with all of us here at energy awareness radio especially where it is the night before thanksgiving thank you thank you thank you (laughs) thank you t it was delightful On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. So go ahead and get out your calendar and make a note of it now so you remember to tune in next week. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You can find a list of shows that are in the past, upcoming shows, information about other upcoming events, Crystal Bowl concerts, my CDs, Imagine, and the Healing Sounds of Christmas. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week and a very happy and peaceful Thanksgiving. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well.